It's December 26, 2023, and these are your headlines, year in review. Okay, so I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas, enjoyed time with family. Right now, texasscorecard.com, we're looking at some of the biggest stories that happened in 2023 as we count down and get ready for New Year's in 2024. And one of those stories, the top story that we're going to start with today, has been the saga with school choice. Now, while school choice has been a top priority for the Republican Party of Texas and Governor Greg Abbott, the Texas House has continually shot down the priority, leaving many parents frustrated. Prior to the 88th legislative session, the Texas GOP made parental rights and education freedom a legislative priority. The language specifically says the choice of schooling where the money follows the child without strings attached. So, did the governor, who set out on a parental empowerment tour to push the policy. During the regular legislative session, the Senate passed a school choice proposal, but the House let it die in committee. Well, after that 140-day-long session ended, Governor Abbott made it known that he would not back down. He would call a special session to address the issue. Now, prior to a special session dedicated to school choice being called, House Speaker Dave Phelan created a new committee. No longer did you have the Education Committee overseeing the school choice legislation. He created a select committee on educational opportunity and enrichment, which he said would begin working immediately to develop a workable roadmap for legislation in the House. As expected, the governor called a special session dedicated to creating education savings accounts for all, as well as border security, Colony Ridge, and ending COVID-19 restrictions. The Texas Senate moved quickly on school choice. The House did not. So, last month, the governor said that he had struck a deal with Phelan on school choice. According to Abbott's office, the proposed legislation to expand school choice included phasing out the STAR test, uh, adding billions more in funding for Texas public schools, and students receiving approximately $10,400 per year in their education savings accounts. After the third special session had ended, Governor Abbott immediately called a fourth special session dedicated to border security and, yes, school choice. Now, a few days later, after that fourth special session started, the House finally passed school choice legislation out of committee. The legislation would have created a, essentially an education savings account of $10,500 available to any child. However, after a week of sitting on the legislation, the House voted to strip the school choice program out of the spending proposal, and State Representative Brad Buckley, who wrote the House's school choice legislation, moved to send it back to committee. Then it ended. The fourth special session ended, without any school choice legislation making it to the governor's desk. However, it's unclear now if the governor will call a fifth special session in the new year. There has been another update, however, and that has been the governor's endorsements. Following the end of the last special session, Governor Abbott began endorsing against incumbents who voted against school choice. There are 21 Republicans that voted with Democrats to kill school choice in the House. Of the 21 that are running for re-election, all of those members have primary opponents. Now, when the legislative session began this year with an over $31 billion budget surplus, some amount of property tax relief was almost certainly a given. The battle between the House, Senate, and Governor Abbott on how that relief would be distributed, however, 
proved to be a much more difficult task. Now, while property tax relief was a legislative priority of Abbott's, the House and Senate were at odds all year on their approach. While the House had advocated for stronger appraisal caps, the Senate supported an increase to the homestead exemption. Governor Abbott, meanwhile, embraced a plan to help use the money to buy down or compress local school property taxes. The two chambers cannot come to an agreement before the end of the session in May, so Governor Abbott put property tax relief on the agenda for the first special session. And the House quickly passed a bill to do just that, providing around $12.4 billion in relief solely in compression. They then adjourned sine die that day, meaning that they would not return for the remainder of that special session, a move that was meant to squeeze the Senate into accepting their proposal. Senate, meanwhile, had passed their own version with a smaller amount of compression, but with an increase to the homestead exemption, raised it from $40,000 to $100,000. A move that Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said was meant to ensure more of the relief went to homeowners rather than businesses. The Senate remained steadfast in their push for a homestead exemption increase, with Lieutenant Governor calling plans to eliminate the property tax a fantasy. He held a series of press conferences across the state championing the Senate's proposal. No deal on the issue was struck until a second special session was called. Then, following that months-long stalemate, Phelan and Patrick announced a compromise plan over the summer that included the following. $7 billion in new compression of local school property taxes, an increase to the homestead exemption from $40,000 to $100,000, a 20% 20 circuit breaker appraisal cap on non-homesteaded properties under $5 million in value, that's a three-year pilot program, an increase to the exemption for the business franchise tax from $1 million to $2.47 million. What does this mean? Well, while both Patrick and Phelan touted the agreement as historic property tax relief, others have said that the legislature missed an opportunity to put the state on a firm pathway to eliminate property taxes. The legislation was quickly passed in July, with portions of the proposal being overwhelmingly supported by voters in the November constitutional election last month. Still, organizations like Texans for Fiscal Responsibility say that while some relief will be seen many, uh, by many Texans, more work still needs to be done. What have you been told all your life? That if somebody's a minority in the United States of America, they're a left-wing nutcase. Uh, CNN, MSNBS, they've all invested millions of dollars and tons of hours to convince you that if you're a minority in this country, you have to be a Democrat, you have to be a socialist, you have to be a communist. Well, the Salcedo Storm podcast destroys that narrative. There are a lot of folks out there who are quote unquote people of color who just look at themselves as Americans who want to preserve this last best hope of mankind on the planet, which is the United States of America and loves our constitution, loves the rule of law because we know and understand what it means. So when you tune in to the Salcedo Storm podcast, that's what you're getting. Every single podcast, one way or another, we're, we are dedicated to saving the United States of America as founded in the United States Constitution and destroying this narrative that, well, we Latinos are just all a bunch of left-wing nutcases. Lastly, the Republican Party of Texas accomplished its legislative priority to ban the mutilation of gender-confused children. 
This year, Texas Republicans passed legislation to ban gender mutilative drugs and surgeries for minors. That was Senate Bill 14 by State Senator Donna Campbell, and it went into effect on September 1st. It bans puberty-blocking drugs and sterilizing surgeries for children under the age of 18. This, of course, was fueled and heated up a few years ago here in Texas, where you had, uh, in 2019, a custody battle over seven-year-old James Younger, and that played a pivotal role in prompting the Republican Party of Texas to prioritize legislation aimed at banning child gender mutilation. In that case, a Dallas jury ruled against James's father, Jeff Younger, for trying to stop his ex-wife from raising their son as a girl. James's mother admitted she intended to administer puberty-blocking drugs to the child. He's not alone. Nearly 30,000 Texas children from the ages of 13 to 17 identified as transgender, according to a 2022 statistical analysis by the Williams Institute. Since SB 14 has gone into effect, LGBT advocacy groups have formed, uh, have formed to transport minors out of state for gender mutilative procedures. One of these is North Texas Transportation Network, which allows, quote, gender diverse minors to apply for a $1,000 travel voucher. So this is now the next task that the legislature must take on in order to protect children. You can check out these stories at texasscorecard.com.